God. Praise God. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you go ahead and be seated? I don't mind if anyone wants to stay up here. You're fine. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Now, don't sit down on the inside. <laughs> what are we going to do next? We're just going to continue flowing. Just uh, literally, we, we do these things. Uh, if, you're, if you've been in ministry, you know you, do, you can take every step by faith, every action, every word. You're, you're trusting the Lord every step of the way. I kind of, I mean, your flesh doesn't like it, but on the inside, you really like it. <laughs> There's nothing better than having God work in you and through you. And, and, and when you're in a service like this and you know that God is speaking and uh, say, well, what about all that stuff? I knew it was supposed to happen. Your uh, students will pay attention because they're going to ask us later, why did you go over and talk to Pastor Bill? <laughs> <laughs> That's because I thought I, th I knew something like that needed to happen, and it seemed good that he would do it. I could have done it; would have probably come out a little different because God uses people different. But in in jest, some people needed to come home. In jest, <laughs> that's not the right word. Gist, the gist of it. Yeah, not the jest of it. That'd be funny, <laughs> and it kind of is now. <laughs> the gist of it: some people needed to get. Right. And how many know there's no more glorious move of God than when people yeah. fix what's between them and, and the Lord? When they make changes, when they make decisions, when they make adjustments and draw near to God. I, I tell you, what's, it's one of the best things. I mean, if we have a move of the Spirit and that doesn't happen, I'm like, what kind of move of the Spirit is that? Right. What? No one got saved? No one got restored? No one, no one got fire, uh, fired up for God? Come on. I mean, the manifestation of God and the move of the Spirit is very multifaceted. And there have been mighty, mighty moves of God all throughout, it, you know, history or, you know, through the, from the time of Jesus. And the Lord, in His grace and mercy, will restore things that have been dropped. They've never been His fault to begin with. But people get carnal and get worldly. And, and the church sometimes gets worldly and carnal and off of the path that they ought to be on. Then God will move and He'll call people, anoint people to bring back. You see that even in the Old Testament where Israel would get off track and they would go astray and, and then he'd send someone else, someone new with a message. He'd anoint and call a prophet to call them back and to bring them back to the place where they were supposed to be. Amen. Amen. I, I think we ought to thank God if he deals with us. If we recognize him calling us to a deeper place or, or calling us back to where we used to be, we ought to say, thank you, Lord. I didn't, I didn't even deserve that you did that for me, but you did. Amen. Amen. And, uh, it, well, it's, it's interesting to me uh, how, how God moves at times. Sometimes it, it seems disconnected from anything we do. And other times you can, you know, it seems like we prayed it and then it happened. And other times it's like I didn't even pray anything special and it happened anyway. Yeah, that doesn't mean there wasn't prayer associated with it somewhere along the road or from someone else or from things in times past. It seems like probably the move of God is like many have been praying for many years and even generations 
before us and they've prayed things and we get to walk in it. Yes. And it's like, well, how come I get this? Well, I don't know, but just be thankful. I can't always, you know, connect every dot as to how God moves. We've been seeing some interesting things around here that seems to be, uh, uh, I don't know, somewhat, how, how can I say it? Diverse would be one word, but he'll move in different ways. Like, I wasn't exactly praying that. I'm seeking the glory of God that he would move and make himself known and manifest. And then he moves in unique ways. It's like, well, that was different than I thought. And uh, he'll probably keep doing that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I think, well, I didn't even, you know, I was talking to uh, uh, Jim Hockaday recently, and he was asking about what's going on here. And, and I told him about some of these uh, just kind of random, you know, on, on Sundays, it's like first service here and third service here. It's just different at different places and different times. And Wednesdays, we, you know, frequently have a move of God, well, really always, but they're very different. And uh, from week to week, this, this week has been totally different than other times. I don't know of a service just like this, you know, that we've had. And I just told him about some of these things. And I said, I, and I, I, I said what I've basically just said to you. I said, I can't necessarily say that we prayed different or, or something like that. Uh, and then I, I said, well, what about you? And he said, the same. And if you know him, some, many of you know him, many of you don't, I guess. But uh, he travels around the country and uh, is ministering in different churches and so forth every week. And, uh, and uh, he said, the way it's been happening with him, uh, he said just randomly he'll be preaching and stuff. He said the glory of God will fall in services and then things start happening. Just kind of more so than in the past though. Isn't that great? Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, of course we hear reports from across the country, of course that, that event that, that, that I don't know, that move of God that took place at that college in Kentucky and then other, hear reports of other uh, colleges and universities, how the Spirit of God is moving, people are coming to the Lord. And, and uh, I'm not quick to be skeptical of that, by the way. Amen. All right. I judge everything by the word, but I, that's my first blink whenever I hear God's pouring out and God's moving and people are worshiping all night and, and, and doing all this stuff. I'm not skeptical of it. I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Let it keep going. You know what I'm talking about? Because uh, I'm on the same team. I don't care what name they have on their church or university or wherever it is. I don't care if the Spirit of God is moving. Who am I to judge? And I want to. I just want them to have it. And then I want to be a part of it too. And thank God for what he's doing here. I believe it's going to increase more and more. Amen? And so, uh, you know, we can't always, uh, like I said, Connect the dots. Sometimes you can, or certainly we can pray. We have, but we've been praying for years, <laughs> you know? And, and sometimes you see prayer and then it happens. And I asked for this and then God moved. And I've seen that recently in some of our services where it seemed very connected to what I asked. Uh, but then other times, not so much. And, and uh, sometimes people wonder, is, is this just all up to God or is it, do we play a part? It's always, we always play a part. I don't think it's all up to God, even if it seems like it is at the moment. I mean, it's his plan, but people have prayed, people have sought the Lord, and I think that part is necessary, all right? Now, not everyone seeks the Lord, and, and the move of God in their life is only contingent upon them seeking. Sometimes they bene you, you benefit from those around you. Have you ever benefited from others? 
I have, I mean, when other people were seeking after the things of God, when they had a commitment to the Lord that exceeded mine and I got around them, I benefited from theirs. That's why wisdom hangs around the right crowd, right? Wisdom gets in a good church. Don't ever get in a dead church because that'll, that's like climbing uphill your whole life. I mean, you're personally, individually, you're climbing up here if you surround yourself with people who are bored, spiritually bored, spiritually dry. No, get around some moist people. <laughs> get, get around people who have some fire in their life, have some, some desire. You know, desire is one of those things that it, it so drives us in certain areas. Um, we know you can have desires that are bad. You can have desires that are good in a measure, you know, like food. I mean, everyone desires food. We, we have to desire food, right? That's kind of built in. But how many know you can take that too far? Then it can harm you, right? It's like what the proverb says, if you're given to appetite, uh, put a knife to your throat. You know, as you take that wrong, you think, well, wait a minute. I have an appetite. <laughs> no, but I think the language is, is when, you're, when you're given to it. I think the New Living, uh, I think it's the New Living says something about, like, if you desire, no, nah, I forget what it says, something about it, but if you desire to eat too much, it's something real plain, you know, put a knife to your throat. <laughs> now, the Scripture is not advocating suicide. No more, no, more, no more than Jesus wanted you to cut your hand off and pluck your eye out. Right, when he uses, but, it, but obviously it's extreme measures. Some desires need to be dealt with ex, in an extreme way. Why? Because if they're not handled in a, in, in a serious manner, they could end up really harming you. Okay? You know, the desire for other things like, you know, sexual desire. That can be amazingly awesome and godly and right and true. And it could also really mess your life up and someone else's life up if it's not, you know, checked, if it's not in the right boundaries. Amen. Amen. You know, and, and how many know the Lord doesn't tell people to, to control their, their appetites and so forth because, uh, because he doesn't want them to be fulfilled or satisfied? No, he's the one who created all this stuff. He's the one who gave us a stomach, right? He's the one who, you know, create, created, you know, the sexual relationship and, and other desires and so forth. Just... When we get in the flesh, we get out of bounds, right? And these, these things need to be handled in a proper way. And so our desires need to be, in some areas, resisted, right? And when you resist them, they diminish, by the way. Maybe not immediately. Immediately, they yell back, you know, wrong desires. You say no, and they say, yes, <laughs> right? And then you, you push, keep saying, no, down, boy, down, boy, <laughs> No, 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 no. And it might get, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might even get louder. But then eventually, if you keep saying no, it'll, it'll, it'll get weaker. Yeah. You know, it's like they say, if you want, you have a dog, you know, and I'm not for dog fighting or anything, but like if two dogs are going to fight, have a dog fight, uh, uh, which one is going to win? Well, they say the one you feed versus the one you don't feed. <laughs> you feed one, that one's going to win. I mean, in our lives, whatever we feed wins. Yeah, you're feeding the wrong thing. Say, so I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to quit. I want to knock off this stuff out of my life. But you keep feeding it. 
through meditation, through observation, through association uh, with, with wrong things, it gets stronger. And then we substitute the word of God and time in the presence of the Lord and worship and prayer and stuff. And we, we put that on the, on the shelf and we're feeding the wrong dog, right? So, so learn, learn what to starve, learn what to give attention to, and that'll be the thing that dominates you in your life. Amen. If it takes a few days, fine. You're going to be here anyway. Right? I mean, if week from now, I'm either going to be stronger or weaker, depending on what I do next week. That's good. Right? I'm either going to be uh, tighter in my walk with God, you know, more conscious of Him, more spiritually aware, more in love with Him, or less so. And maybe in a few days you don't notice that much, but I'm talking these things continue over time and it really makes a difference. So we got to control some of these desires. You know, we, get, we got to watch out because desire, it drives us to certain action. Would you really want something? I mean, if you're hungry, <laughs> food that you wouldn't normally eat becomes acceptable. <laughs> right? <laughs> I have to be really hungry to like certain things. You know, but like Amy, I guess she was uh, up in the office area the other day, uh, making something or heating something up and it was like asparagus <laughs> and someone else uh, c- came stumbling by and they went or walking by and they went whoa <laughs> and uh, she said I know <laughs> she likes those vegetables that stink <laughs> right I guess some of you probably do too but they stink like you have to be really hungry to like that <laughs> Or I do. Some of you don't. You, you just like it. I have to, I'd have to be on death's door <laughs> to like those kind of things. <sighs> Help me, Lord Jesus. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, <laughs> hunger is, is designed that way. You know, it's got to have controls in some area. But, but think about... Uh, think about the move and manifestation of the Spirit of God. Now watch. I can, I, I can not to milk the cow too much, but I can live without asparagus. Therefore, I will. <laughs> now, if I can't, I probably wouldn't. I would probably, I can't imagine it, but I, could pro- I would probably eat that before dying if, I was, if it came to that. But because I don't have to, I'm not going to. <laughs> Say amen. amen. <laughs> when it comes to the move and manifestation of the Spirit of God in your life, if you can live without it, you will. And that's why this activity, some of what Pastor Bill was talking about, about making some changes there, I think it's essential that we get to a place inwardly, man, (laughs) where we say, I'm not going to do this without the Lord. I'm not going to continue my life in a, with just a small measure of what could be, of what God wants to do. I, I can't do that anymore. I can't continue that way. I am going to put a demand on the mercy and grace and power and outpouring of God. And I'm going to live in his fullness. And I'm not, and we do, come on now, we do this corporately. 
and we have a church that says we're not going to be ho-hum just going through the motions and schedule week after week and year after year. Bless God, we are going to have a move of the Spirit. I think that pleases God. I think it puts a demand on the, on the resources of heaven in such a delightful way. Because I tell you, the Lord is not, uh, he's not wanting to hold back. It's not like we have this great desire for the move of God and salvations and healings and restorations and, 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 and mighty workings and miracles. And God says, I don't really like doing that stuff. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't really want to. Whatever. The very fact that we even think that way is because he wanted it first. Yeah. Right? We love him because he loved us first. Yeah. He's always first. This is his idea. And so the fact that we desire or even think about this, I mean, he, he's the one who gave us the book. Certainly he knew there would be some of us that would read some of those miracles and go, wait a minute, hold on here. This is the kind of God you are. This is the kind of God I serve. Then bless God, we're going to have this in our lives. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have this in this church. Amen. Certainly he knew we would, some of us would do that. And I think that's the reason he did. He gave it to us. So we would, he gives us a foundation of what to expect. He gives us a basis of what he can do so we can call on him and put, like we said, put a demand on him. Don't, don't take those words wrong. Like, like somehow we're bossing God around. This is his idea. Putting a demand on, you know what that means? It's like you plug your something, your phone into the wall. You're putting a demand on that power. That's flowing. You're saying, I want that power coming towards me or into my device. Yeah. When we're doing this, we're saying, Lord, I'm plugging in. So your power has somewhere to go and manifest. I think he wants to do this all over the world all the time. But not everyone's calling on him. Not everyone's seeking him. But I tell you, more and more are. And more, it's the conversation across the land and churches are talking about it. We, we are talking about it. We're seeking him and we're letting him move. Amen. Amen. You can't say, Lord, I want you to move. And then we just immediately shut down every time he wants to do something that our brain has never seen before. Right? right? We're open. We're flowing. We're flexible. If something's a little bit squirrely now and then, ah, it'll work itself out. Seriously. Amen. I know Brother Hagin used to say, better a little wildfire than no fire at all. <laughs> you, know, so, you know how people get concerned about excess and crazy. Well, I, you know, I don't want crazy or flesh, and, but if, there, if some of that comes along and we have a great move of God, I'll put up with it yeah. or deal with it as we go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to be worried about it. Right. Yeah. Why? Because I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. If you're hungry enough, you'll eat at, uh, where will you eat? <laughs> McDonald's or something. <laughs> you're hungry enough, you just, you just get there, you, whatever you need. You're hungry enough for the things of God, what happens? Clear the path. I'm getting to church. Clear the path. I'm, getting, I'm spending time with the Lord. Clear the way because I'm getting something. Why? I have to. I, I don't know if I can make it much longer. Uh, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you have a hunger stirring in you, I want you to know you're in, you're in tune with the Spirit of God. He's working it in you. Be responsive to it. Yeah. 
Be responsive to him and say, Lord, I'm going to yield to this. I don't know what, to, even if you don't know what to do with it, so just tell him, I don't know what to do with this. Lord, but I'm going to pray more. I'm just going to give, you want to talk to me? I want to hear you. You want to move? You want me to do something? I'll do it. But I, I'm just going to seek after you because I, I'm hungry for you. Amen. 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 So I don't sense any hunger at all. Well, you can faith it if you want. Yeah. What do I mean by that? You just say it anyway. Lord, I'm hungry for you. Yeah. You're working it out by faith. He's smiling on that one too. You know, the, 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 the scriptures say, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and I thought I might look up scriptures, but, you know, getting this flow and I just quote them. So, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the last verse there says, desire the best gifts. And how does it say it exactly? And I'll show you a more excellent way. And he goes on talking about love and so forth. All right, desire the best gifts. Why, why tell them to desire? Yeah. It's like, well, either you either have the gifts or you don't have the gifts. Then why desire them? Why did Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit to teach on the gifts and the body and all these kind of things, why did he end up saying desire them? Then the 14th chapter says uh, to uh, desire to prophesy. And another place says desire the best gifts and desire to prophesy. You know, uh, which is one of the gifts. Why desire it? Lord, if you want to do it, that's just up to you. You know, people talk about it was just a sovereign move of God. I'm not really a fan of that language. Okay. What? It's all God. I don't know that anything is all God. I mean, when I read the scripture, that's not the way, that's not the way things happened. He worked with people. He worked through them. He gives instructions. We obey or we don't. He moves on our hearts to worship him. We, excuse me, we either do or we don't, right? And it, I know sometimes it seems like, well, God just all of a sudden moved. Yeah, he did. But again, like I said at the beginning, I think someone prayed. I think someone got hungry. Maybe I can't always connect the dots, but I'm just, I'm just certain of this, that if we want gifts of the Spirit to be in manifestation, one of the things we can do is want it. Because like I said, if you don't, you'll live without this. If we don't put any kind of demand on this, God will let us do church in a minimal, minimized way. He'll let us do church. I mean, we're going to heaven, but we might not reach our, our city. We might not affect a country, but us forward no more, you know, we'll make it. But I don't want to be that. Amen. And when, it, when that was written, it, when that was written about the gifts of the Spirit, it wasn't just written to an individual saying you should desire, but it was written to the whole church. So uh, it's good that I personally do this because we don't do it unless I do it, unless you do it. But it was written to the whole church, and he, in other words, he's telling the whole church at Corinth, you desire spiritual gifts. You hunger after you desire the best gifts and desire to prophesy. If we want it, I think God has set this up to where if his people, if his church in groups, remember Jesus pointed out if there was two or three, that that would be significant. Two or three that would come together in his name. If they would agree in prayer, he would work. So... You know, 
On the day of Pentecost, there was about 120 in the upper room. When they got unified in one accord, the outpouring of the Spirit happened. Frequently, we can see that God moves when people get together. All right? But it's when people get together uh, and they have a united desire, a united hunger for the things of God, God responds to that. I don't think He's any different today than He was then. Amen. And I think we'll see this more and more. I think, we'll, I think we're seeing it now. You know, I don't like to put everything off into the future because in one sense, people, have been, people can wait for a move of God or you can have an individual one no matter what everyone else does. See, I can always take God's Word and act on it and develop my relationship with God and have faith in His Word and His promise no matter who else does. All right? But as far as massive moves of the Spirit that affect cities and nations, we need more than me. We need more than you. We need all y'all. Right? Usins. Right? Use guys. Depending on where you're from in the country. But we need to do this together just like the church of Cor at Corinth did. And when we desire, well, I see, I see that as one part that I can do. It's not all me, but if it was all God, he would have cleaned this thing up a long time ago. Right? There never would have been a need for uh, as they're called revivals, right? Because it just, it, nothing ever would have died. Yeah. I mean, that's, no, something doesn't need revived. Someone doesn't need revived unless their heart stops. Then they need revived. Yep. The only reason people need revived is because something that used to be living is no longer living. And it could be, uh, it could be areas of the church that are lost. Healing needs revived. Or a revelation of righteousness needs revived, right? Or gifts of the Spirit need revived. Why would we need that? Because there's, there's a lack of them. Amen? Praise God. So the Lord wants to work in our, in our, in our desires. Amen? Let's take a moment and pray. Father, thank you for what you're doing in here. Right here, right now. By your Spirit, thank you for the grace of God. Lord, you're merciful and you're gracious and you're kind.